When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi guys, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Very pleased to say I'm joined now by the legend that is Gary Lineker. Gary, how's it going, mate? Hey, nice to see you. I'd love you to speak to you too. Now, of course, we are speaking uh, because your new book, uh, alongside Danny Baker, Behind Closed Doors, is out today. Uh, it is also a part of the number one podcast it's based on, of course. Uh, how did it all come about then, the, both the book and the podcast? Um, well, obviously, the book follows the podcast, so I'll tell the podcast story first. Um, I, I've been kind of contemplating doing a podcast for some time um, with my production company, Goalhanger, and we were contemplating how to do it. And it was, my partner asked me, so, so what kind of podcast you do, who you want to do it with? And I was like, I don't know, really. I, just, I don't really want to do it with, you know, sit down with, like, another footballer and evaluate the weekend's football. There are so many of those around, and by mm. and large, they're pretty boring. <laughs> um, so I, I said, I don't know. I, and he said, well, who would you do it with? I said, I don't know, someone like, like another broadcaster, someone who's interested in football, someone who makes me, who's a bit of fun. I don't know, someone like Danny Baker. And he went, well, that's a great idea because <laughs> um, obviously I, I like listening to Danny when he, you know, his his radio shows, six oh six, etc., which I think he mentions occasionally. <laughs> and, um, and and he, so I kind of direct messaged him. I didn't know Danny; I'd only met him a couple of times. Um, so I direct messaged him on Twitter because we follow each other, and and he didn't get back to me. He didn't get back to me for about five or six days, and um, what well, I. And eventually he did respond saying, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a mobile phone. Thought, okay, he doesn't even have a mobile phone. Who doesn't have a phone? <laughs> Which was bizarre. And then we, we got together and came up with the idea and we, we said, well, what, how are we going to do it? He said, well, let's just turn up and chat. And it went from there and that's how it is. Um, so obviously we've done a couple of um, seasons now. We're now in season three, if you want to call it that. Um, and and it's just brought so many stories um, both for him who's he's got incredible memory and me who I didn't think I had a memory at all but it's amazing how many stories um, our questions and our chats and listening to him have, have triggered and um, from that um, we were approached to do a book and, and, and here we are with the book which is a kind of elongated version of the podcast stories are kind of properly told and um, and yeah so that's that's how it transpired really it's really intriguing to get that insight from you as a player um i was reading earlier on about your experiences at the uh, 86 world cup uh, obviously the most obvious thing to, to point out that aside from the uh, the bit in the intro with the 
managerial team talk, which took a bit of a twist, let's just say this in the intro, um, is, is obviously the hand of God. And I was fascinated to find out that you didn't actually see it, obviously, because you were on the halfway line. No, I didn't. I, I mean, I, obviously, I didn't tend to get back anywhere near my own box, and that's <laughs> absolutely unavoidable. Um, but no, there were so many players in the way, but it was it, it was immediately obvious to me that there was something untoward, because, you know, we don't, as English players, we don't tend to react quite um, as mad as that. And you could see Terry Butcher and Pete Shield were going bonkers. They clearly knew and clearly had a good vision, a good picture of it. Um, so I knew straight away that, that, that it probably shouldn't have been awarded, even though I hadn't seen the incident myself. I looked at the lines, but I still, you know, it's funny enough, I've always convinced that he, he, he'd spotted it, but bottled it. And he yeah. Spot recently and apparently admitted that um, very fact that he, he did think he'd seen it. So, um, But, it, yeah, it was, a, it was an extraordinary moment um, in an extraordinary game of football. With a, um, and obviously the, the goal that he scored after that was was one of the great, if not the greatest goal, um, certainly individual goal ever scored um, when you take into consideration the, um, the importance of the, the, the fixture being the quarter final, etc. I'm still stunned that one of your teammates decided to swap shirts with him at full time. <laughs> yeah, well, Steve Hodge, well, yeah, I mean, you know, Hodge is probably a bit like me in the, in the sense that he's, he's, you know, he's not one of those people that bears a grudge, but I mean, Right at the end of the game, not even I don't think would have wanted to swap shirts. <laughs> um, but it was probably a good move, you know. It's probably worth a few bob that shirt. <laughs> Certainly is. Um, what is so? You mentioned there, it's, you know, Maradona's second goal there, which you talk about in the book being even more impressive considering the state of the pitch. Uh, what's yeah. a, what's the goal? that will live with you forever that you've seen whether that be whilst you're on the pitch or whilst you've been uh, presenting at a game what is that one goal that stands out that you just can easily replay in your mind um, well I mean obviously that one I mean that was extraordinary um, it was on the you know on a, on a cabbage patch of a pitch but having been in the ground and seen other I've seen lots of obviously great goals uh, Gaza against Scotland of course in, in 96 uh, that was incredible but even Messi's last year, you know, it was his 600th goal um, against Liverpool when he bent it in the top corner. Or was that 700? <laughs> 600 might have been against Real Madrid when he scored in the last minute. That was something special as well. Um, so, you know, obviously he's a player I massively admire. Um, the best player I've ever seen, I think. So, you know, I've seen, you know, I, I was there when, when, when Gareth Bale's overhead kick in the mm. final of the Champions League, you know, two or three years ago. And that was, I mean, what a goal that was. So, you know, football does deliver incredible moments. Um, even go back to last season Lucas Moura in the 19th yeah. minute against Ajax that was just in, you know it wasn't you know, the greatest of all goals but it was just such a sensational moment um, the way that they came back in that particular game to turn it round so football does deliver you know, magical goals and magical moments now you were a prolific frontman in your day of course uh, you've mentioned Maradona Messi uh, if you could play alongside any other front man in your heyday, who would you who would you pick? Oh, Messi all day long. I ne- to be perfectly honest, I never thought in my lifetime that I would see a player that even compares with Diego Maradona. Um, I wasn't. I'm not even. I'm not quite old enough to have seen enough of Pele. Um, but I saw a lot of Diego, and I, he was. I mean, he was just an unbelievable footballer. But for me, he is slightly usurped by by. 
messy Messi's numbers alone mm. are absolutely ludicrous in terms of the amount of goals he scored you know he scores pretty much a goal a game Diego was goal every other game his assist record is is unbelievable he's as good a passer as I've ever seen uh, Maradona was a great passer as well he's as good a dribbler as I've ever seen so he, he kind of you know, people talk about Ronaldo, and I get that Ronaldo's a phenomenal goal-scoring machine. You can certainly compare them in terms of goal-scoring, but in terms of of, of, of of playing the game, of bringing joy um, to you watching football, uh, for me, uh, Messi is incomparable. Now, I saw you tweeting the other day about Harry Kane, of course, uh, doing very, very well for England and for Tottenham at the moment. Do you think he could be the person to, to break that 50-goal mark for England? Oh, I think so. I think I was talking about this the other day. I think we talked about it in the podcast this week uh, or last week um, about the fact that I think you know I scored forty-eight goals for England, um, and obviously Rooney scored fifty. I, I, I think in ten, twenty years' time, I think forty-eight goals won't be particularly special in any way. I think that you know you've got to remember now that. The, I'm not saying this because in my day it was a lot harder, but in my day it was a lot harder. <laughs> you used to, you know, the, the, the old the breakup of the old Soviet Union, for example. You've now got like loads of small nations to play against. The breakup of the of the old Yugoslavia. There's five or six different countries involved there. You now play there's Gibraltar, there's Andorra, there's Liechtenstein. There's all these tiny countries that that you play and you end up in the group stages of both the World Cup and the European Championships are, are fairly easy generally. You might get one tough team mm. if you're unlucky in the draw. But by and large, you're going to play fixtures where you're going to bang a load of goals in. Um, and we didn't have that. You know, we played against Russia. We played against Yugoslavia. Probably the easiest game back then, you people would say, yeah, but you played against Turkey. Turkey, you know, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty strong nation in terms of football. So I think... I think the figures of the goal scoring figures have changed in recent times in international football and you, and that's because of the nature of the qualification campaigns uh, certainly in Europe it probably doesn't quite apply to South American football because it's they've always played their qualifiers against the same country mm. so what I'm talking about is, is is European qualifiers you're going to see players score way more goals because they're playing against inferior opposition I look back at my career and it was like four, three, four games against Italy, three or four games against Brazil, three games against Argentina, four games against Germany. It, it's different. I'm not trying to big myself up. I'm just <laughs> trying to say, answer your question in the sense that, they, yes, the 50 barrier will be broken uh, much more frequently. And I think if Harry Kane stays fit, it will go way past way Rooney. I really do. Uh, I saw your chat with Marcus Rashford recently about the state of pitches, which is very entertaining. Uh, they're very much a back in my day chat. That's the one thing I'm envious about. The one thing I'm envious <laughs> about the modern game, not the money or anything like that, because we play, we don't play for that. You play for the the joy, and obviously the money comes alongside it. But playing on those beautiful pitches, it must it it would be such a delight. Mm. It'd just be so much easier as a forward when your ball's pinged into you. It's not bobbling all over the place. Mm. Um, now, sticking with England, uh, obviously we had a sensational summer last year um, and I was chatting to my dad about this and he said something that, that really resonated with me about England winning a World Cup in my lifetime. Do you think that is feasible yeah. for us? Oh, very much so. I think we've got a real chance now. Um, we've, we've changed the development of our youth football in this country kind of eight, ten years ago and we're now starting to see the effects of that, you know, 
letting young players play on small-sided pitches rather than big pitches like they did, you know, 10 years ago. And so we're now starting to see players come through with um, high technical ability, which we never had before. You get the odd one, but they came through um, in spite of the system, not because of the system. Um, but now, we've, if you look at, we have had a lot of success in the World Cups under 20, under 21, under 17s, etc. And, and those players are now starting to break through into the first teams of, of the Premier League. Um, and there's some, and also one or two players playing abroad as well. Yeah. So Jaden Sancho, etc. So it's, I think it's an exciting time. Um, the Euros next year might come a tad early, mm-hmm. um, but I think looking ahead to say Qatar, I think will be a real force to be reckoned with. You always need a bit of luck to win a major championship. Um, we've not always had that, um, but if we can get a, the odd break, I think we've got a nucleus of unbelievably talented young players that will make us one of the favourites. Mm. And we shouldn't fear penalties anymore. Uh, final quick few questions, Gary. Um, do you play fantasy football? Uh, no, all my kids are obsessed by it. It's, um, and it seems to really affect their lives. So I think I'll avoid it at all costs. I was going to say, I wondered if it clouded your judgment on Match of the Day. By any stretch of the it might do if I did it. Yeah. Way, he's, our editor on Match of the Day, he's, he's, he, he does fantasy football and he gets, he gets himself quite worked up about it but um, he says he does this for professional purposes and it keeps him you know keeps him does his homework on mm. the players far more frequently so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt what is the one rule you change in the modern game um, I'd get rid of this new handball law that mm. they brought in that's stopping so many good goals being scored like Gareth Bell last night you know I'd take it back to the old it's either deliberate or it's not um, so that's that's one straight off the top of my head yeah, unquestionably. I saw your response to that um, last night. It was ridiculous that that was given as a yeah. handball. Favourite teammate that you've played alongside? Um, I'd probably be by. I'd probably go selfishly and go for Peter Beardsley because we we had such an incredible partnership together. Um, that you know, it, it it just worked, and he he kind of left the area to me. He wasn't a penalty box player. He was brilliantly creative individual outside it. Um, so I'd say Peter Beardsley. Uh, this might might be harder. Favorite pundit to work with? Well, I think it's a bit. You know, I have to work with them each week, so I don't really want to pull one out to upset <laughs> other people. But you know, I'll be to, obviously I work with you know great. I mean, Rio's brilliant on BT, um, and Alan Shearer and, and you know Ian Wright together. We always have a lot of fun. So you know, there's a, the thing is, there's a lot of really good pundits now. That you know, you can't just can't just get away with it these days you have to mm. do research and they all do and they work really hard at it I think the levels of punditry in our country are really good there yeah unquestionably I enjoyed your uh, Twitter response to the Shearer versus Owen thing that we had the other week oh, that was a bit of fun wasn't it yeah <laughs> Uh, right, final question, Gary. Um, this is going to be a tough one, and I can relate to this. You, you are obviously a Leicester fan. I'm a Chesterfield fan. Yeah. Any form of any form of uh, victory is is a blessing. But I'm going to put this to you: uh, Leicester win the Premier League again, but in exchange for that, Piers Morgan is Prime Minister. Do you take it? Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, I think Piers would be a really good Prime Minister. 
should go. Yes. Uh, Gary, it's been an absolute honour to chat to you. Thank you so much for taking the time well, to chat to us today. Uh, check out Gary's podcast with Danny Baker, uh, Behind Closed Doors, and go out and get the book, which it is based on uh, right now. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for chatting to us. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 